with Sam. And Mitch. And Joe. I almost said Sean. Sorry. You uh. are gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. You did this last week. Don't make us do it again. I'm Long. so sorry. <laughs> gone but not forgotten. He's not dead. He just graduated. I just <laughs> Hi, Sean. I, I, told, miss, I told him what we were doing today. So. I miss you and I love you. Hold we on. love you. Uh. I had a burp. Terrible. Um, Wonderful. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we're talking about we're deconstructing what I think is probably the most heartbreaking and serious episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I did not know this episode existed until I watched a short video essay called uh, "Is the Gang Redeemable?" Who? No, they're not. But they're not. They're like I think the show in its later years is getting a little softer Absolutely. because yeah. Like, there's a lot of more tender moments. Like, me and Midge, after we watched uh, the episode we're going to talk about, we watched The Gang Goes to the Zoo. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, it was The Gang Texts. The, uh, the Gang Texts, yes. And, which is a episode where they go to the Philadelphia Zoo. Oh, I love that episode. And they're group texting, and it just... <laughs> I, that that was not work. That yeah. was a funny episode. That's I liked great. it. Um, like, I just de traumatized by goats. Uh, Dennis really wants <laughs> to see a lion kill something. <clears throat> Um, I, I don't that 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 whole thing because oh, just because of Game of Thrones and the the brain uh, that gives a very Joffrey yeah. energy. Yeah. Um, well, I can't say a lot of the jokes they say in that, but no, but also, it, it's a classic. I, I I love them being mildly homophobic to uh t- <laughs> to Mac. Oh my god, yeah. They're like, because like Dean wants to call him like a bundle of sticks, and then like she sends that, and Dennis is like, D, you can't say that. <laughs> and then calls him like puts a uh, then Frank sends the queen emoji with a uh, with a flame next to it. <laughs> if you have any idea of anything, you know what that means. Yeah, I can't say it because like that is a it it's, that, it's will, a, the, the FCC would kill us. It's a derogatory term. I can't say it. As as three queer people, I believe uh, that. We I, can I especially find the humor in that. Yeah, have the right to say like I, there, but we which, don't. Which so like so, okay. So today we're we're gonna like break down Mac finds his pride, which is like the saddest episode there is. Yeah, um, and the most serious episode, which like I find it like as queer people like we can all find any like the homophobic jokes yeah. funny. Because one, we make homophobic jokes all the time, and two, yeah. it's relatable because we've experienced. If we haven't experienced them in a negative capacity, we know people who have. Like, and also because uh, Rob McClaney, who plays Mac, had his he has two moms, and his brother's gay. So, and he yeah. he said like, especially with Mac Minds' part, he's fine. He's like, it's very important for me to show representation in my show because of my family and that's something yeah. I really appreciate because there's a lot of queer fans of Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. yeah. People who are queer and don't find Always Sunny funny because because it's like it's homophobic or like just kind of yeah. sensitive. <laughs> like I know not to yeah. be like liberal snowflake. Yeah. But like like the the humor doesn't come from a place of punching down. Yeah. Like like sometimes I will you know South Park rarely misses the ball, but sometimes they do punch down like that. Me, me and Rich, I think it was like last week when we were walking back, we were talking about South Park. Yeah. Um, and I said I'm like South Park. Some of the some of the jokes don't age great, but no. I said I said I'm like for a majority, I think South Park like still ages fairly well. Yeah. I said even with some of the um some of the I. I didn't bring this up in a conversation when we were walking, but like sometimes like Red versus Blue old jokes, like they have like some pretty like, you know. But I still feel like they aged well. Like like the word, uh, not the word. Oh my god! Like 
like I was I was saying, South Park sometimes does punch down. I have never felt that Sunny punch down. And the only time that I could see it conceivably happening is an episode that Rob and, you know, Glenn and Charlie and the, the whole cast said, like, if we could go back and, like, not use a word that they used was, like, when, you know, they used the T word for dating or for when, when Mac dates the trans woman. Oh, yeah. But also, they, like, in, in that, that video essay, they um they brought up how... You know, it, the 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 last episode we see her in is the surrogate episode, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really good like we never see her again. I forgot her name. Yeah, um, um, and that's a really good send off to have her with a partner and have a kid and go and living her best life. Yeah, I think because even that, I I never feel like that like they punch down with her. No, they like I I think the only time that that could be conceived is when they use that word. But like even the jokes don't like the jokes don't feel punchy down. Because I I feel like always Sunny is very. Uh, like a tit for tat, yeah, kind of yeah. humor. Like it never, like it never, like punches down on someone and doesn't let them get back up. You guys were watching. I think it was a video, a video on Velma. And it was talking yeah. about how Velma, like it was marrying to Always Sunny and how Always Sunny. It always <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're complaining because Glenn Howerton voices yeah. Fred, which also I think that's like the only saving grace. But even then, like Glenn Howerton's performance in Velma is very yeah. flat, yeah. just from the but clips like, I've seen. Yeah, I, I remember the clip you were talking about because it was, it was the Elvis the Alien video. If you Mitch, if you want to go back and scour the video for like the clip, he was talking about how like in in Always Sunny, there's always a straight man to react to the gang being deplorable people or their stupid antics when they're on like a scheme or something. Yeah. Whereas in Velma, everyone's in on the joke, so it's just not random, random thing that's sh- that like in Sunny would work. Like if Mac comes around and says, or well, if Dennis says like I don't like South Asian desserts, then like somebody would be like, how could you say that about like all desserts? South Asian desserts are like that's a broad topic. How could you just say that? And then that would be like that would become the running gag because even even within the gang, there's always like one straight man. Yeah, like, like somebody plays a straight man. Yeah. In the in the earlier seasons, I felt like Dennis was more the straight man, and then when Frank came in, Frank kind of mm. played the straight man. Yeah, like it was it was D in the first season. We can yeah, clearly see that because she was always like, "You guys are stupid. Like, what what, what are you doing?" Yeah, and it, then, it was D. Then it was Frank, and now by like the time you hit like season like four, it's like a rotating. Like it, it it depends on the day who's the straight man because some days it'll be Max, some days it'll be Charlie, and everybody else is being a complete wacko. And then you know, yeah, like, like it's like <laughs> the, I I love those episodes where Charlie's the straight man out of everyone. Yeah, Charlie work is great. Yeah, like every like Charlie is like the straight man in that episode because everyone else is doing a stupid scheme, and it works because like I you know whether or not it's from his POV, it's like he's still doing weird Charlie things, but he's like he's the most sane in that moment. So we have to question: Is it like is this just from his POV, or is it like actually like you know are they actually just being dummies today? Like, but like oh, like also like part of that video essay was like talk like all of the gang has like some deep sort of trauma like yeah. never did i think this sit like this anti-sitcom because that's what like yeah. always sunny's reference to is as an yeah. anti-sitcom because it focuses on the negative traits rather than the positive traits it's like like friends or seinfeld yeah. or um well seinfeld was well, an anti-sitcom Se- too, yeah but, but it was like jerry was the straight man and everybody played off of him and it never changed like with this it's a very like they keep it fresh by rotating well, the straight man well, like always sunny is now the longest running sitcom yeah um but like, like, like I'm just thinking like sitcoms like Friends, Seinfeld, um, The Office, yeah. Yeah. Um, How Not I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Mother. Like these are all like all sitcoms, uh, uh, Modern Family. Yeah. 
they all focus on like the characters' positive traits at the end of the day. Well, Always Sunny is just a group of awful people, and they kind of get what's coming to them. But yeah. all of them have like deep, horrible trauma. Dee's always the one who gets picked on yeah. constantly. <laughs> and it, and it, what I also like about it, it's never because like she's a woman. Yeah. It's just because they think she's annoying. Yeah. yeah, like, and it's always like she tries to show them up, like, with everything, too, because, like, she feels like she always has something to prove, and then it's just like, they're they're like, shut up, D, you're annoying. Like, yeah, like, I, that's something I appreciate, is, like, it's never because, it's never, like, a shut up woman. Yeah, like, I, I think, I, I think Dennis will say that, like, at all, if at all. Like, he'll be like, be quiet, woman. And but like, I, th- I think the rest is like, yo. <laughs> like, no. yeah, yeah, but then, like, but but then, like, the other, the, the others, like, the other dudes in the gang would have, like, a sideways reaction to that. And Frank would be like, you know, Frank would say. It has nothing to do with that you're a woman. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is nothing to do with your broad. You're annoying. <laughs> and, like, yeah, and they would call her a bird. But that's not, like, that's not outright misogynistic. That's just, like, because they're, they're like, hi, you have a long chicken neck. Like, yeah, like, it's it's never because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, Dee's always the like, one constantly picked on. She has a failed acting career that she's still, like, in her 40s, she's still trying to chase. Yeah. Because I love I love now that they're getting older that you're kind of hitting that, like, that even more midlife crisis phase. Because oh, yeah. like, when the show started, they were, like, their late 20s, early 30s. So, and it was kind of, like, focusing on, oh, my God, we're, like, out of our 20s and we still haven't done anything with our lives. Now, the later seasons, they're, like, in their 40s and they're hitting yeah. that, like, late, that mid, uh, that, uh, Midlife crisis None stage. Of these people have had but like, a relationship. I think. Um, oh, sorry. Continue. It's just like none of them stable relationships. None of them have had like any sort of job that's lasted besides, I guess, the but, pub. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, that's it. <laughs> um, and then so Charlie is his mother was a prostitute, and he did a copious amount of drugs in his youth, and he, and was, he has no he has no father figure. He was halfway aborted as well. Yeah. Um. He was sexually oh, he yeah, he was sexually abused by his uncle. Yeah. Um. Dennis clearly has like borderline personality disorder. He was he he goes unmedicated. His mother, <clears throat> it, it's very heavily implied. Sorry. Oh, and also also yeah, with with both Dean and Dennis, both of they both of them had like absent parents, uh, yeah. like as absent and emotionally abusive parents. Like their dad, who is who. Almost who who was not Frank that they thought was Frank for the longest time. Their dad was like he was an all right parent, but their mother was like overbearing, abusive, a perfectionist. She was very much like like we seen early seasons when she's still alive that she like constantly harps on D yeah. for not being good enough. Like um, it, she she's body shaming D. She's like you could do better. And they and then there's there's Pop Pop who is a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> Right. I, I love I love that episode where they're tr- they're it's looking so at the, they're trying to sell the paintings and it's like a Hitler original. Yeah, of the dog and and, and Frank is like I don't like this painting, Charlie. It's smug aura mocks me. <laughs> um, I love that episode. They find out that and like D, uh, D and Dennis had gone to a Hitler youth camp. That's right. Pop Pop enrolled them in a summer camp that turned out to be an actual Hitler youth camp in like the backwoods of PA. Which so, is absolutely bonkers. That's another part of their trauma. Frank, who went to basically a mental institution and has an alternate persona, the Frogman. Yeah. yeah. Like, when I was watching that, I was like, I hey, forgot about the Frogman. I, I love when he's sitting in the psychologist's office and he goes, Frank, you are froggy. And he's like, no. And he like, <laughs> it like zooms in on his face and he just, he loses it. I forgot about that Frank has the alternate persona of the Frogman. Yeah, he's froggy. Yeah, but like also like... I know, like the whole the whole joke with the, when they're in the psychiatrist's office and they're talking about all their trauma, and Frank yeah. goes, "Oh, you unzip me!" But like, 
take like stripping the humor from that, it's actually really sad because Frank yeah. had like his like first childhood like romance in the psych ward with this girl who had no teeth and she died. No, she had no lips. Oh, she had no lips. He was like, she, she was the worst kisser ever because she had no, no lips. lips. She always she, she was always smiling. <laughs> <laughs> she was always smiling, but that's because she had no lips. Yeah, and then, but she died from suffocation because she put a plastic bag around her head because she thought she was an astronaut. Like, oh, like the entirety of Frank's backstory in the mental institution is absolutely like it is funny because of the delivery. But when you take away Danny DeVito's masterclass in acting, it is an incredibly tragic tale, and it's just like, wow, this man caught no breaks in his childhood. Oh, you ones, because like Frank, the, Frank is like the most well off. Like you know, he's very yeah. wealthy, and he because like. You but know. then that that shaped him to become like a Jordan Belford type, like uh, you know, mega millionaire tycoon, hostile takeovering businesses in the eighties, doing drugs overseas, like all these crazy yeah, things. Like I like they never like paint like Frank is like a successful businessman on his own merit. It's like he he's owns sw- he, he owns sweatshops. Yeah. Um, and he connives his way into taking over other people's businesses. He was never like the typical American dream businessman. He was the he was like he's hawkish what the, capitalism to the extreme. Well, he's what he's what the the American dream businessman is actually actually is. Yeah, like he he was a he was a predatory CEO and he took over smaller businesses. He he did you know ruthless business practices. He ruined the other people's bar. Not you know the oh my god the episode where he goes yeah to where the, he's like hey oh I'm a man cheater you want to do something with this. <laughs> But like all of them have trauma, which brings me to our the focus of today's episode, who I genuinely think is the most redeemable out of the entire gang, oh, yes. is Mac. Yeah. Mac, um, his he had an absent father who was in and out of jail, his mother who was kind of emotionally absent. Yeah. And Mac's entire struggle throughout like the first what, like twelve seasons is dealing with his sexuality. And yeah. there has been several episodes where Mac is struggling with his identity, where he comes in and out of the closet. There's a... I, I forgot what episode it is, but I know the clip of him, like, standing... I think he's standing on... It's, like, one of the boat episodes. It's yeah. not It's not when they have the boat. They're like on a cruise... It's, like, a cruise boat. And he's standing out in the rain, praying to God, like, to give him a sign about, like, his sexuality and... Like, like it, it, this has been like a constant thing, yeah. and then we have the episode where they're fighting over the lottery ticket, and Mac comes out as gay, and he's like, "I'm out," and what I appreciate because you know, Rob McKinley is very like you know pro gay, and so was the entire cast. They've been to like pride parades in like L.A. Um, you know, they're all very like pro LGBT uh, causes. You know, and no one like shames Mac for like they're like okay go back because they're kind of they're like all right Mac like you did your thing you could go back and he's like no I'm gonna stay in and no one like shoves him back in the closet yeah they're just they're kind of surprised at his conviction and his willingness to like admit the obvious that he was denying for so long yeah like it, uh, which I pre- like like you said there's no like beat down humor like because all they go is like all right Mac like you 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 won the the scheme of the lottery ticket you yeah. know by using your sexuality. You can go back in now. And when he says that he's... I, I think it's more of a surprise that, like... Like, their shock is more like, oh, wow, he actually, like, admitted it to himself. Yeah. And not, like, a shock of, like, oh, Max gay. Yeah, like, it was never really a shock that he was gay. Even from, like, from the start, there was, like, you know... They, they would riff on it and joke about it, but it was always, like... 
was always like, why don't you just come out of the closet? It was never like, ha ha, you're gay, that's bad. It was like, ha ha, you're gay, come out of the closet. Now just admit it. Everyone yeah. knows. Like, it's like, every, like, you're not fooling anyone at this point, just come out. That was like the joke. Which which also, there there is there is an argument to be had about like that being a bit of a, you know, like a toxic way yeah. to like have like, somebody come out. But also the gang is just toxic, so. Like, that, that's like, you, you can't say like, wow, they're treating Mac bad. They always treat Mac bad. They treat Mac they, bad for everything. They treat each other horribly like, <laughs> like th- th- this is like you can't say it's homophobia they're just bad people yeah like they, they treat the world around them horribly they treat themselves I'm sorry, uh, like one of the first episodes is that they start a gay bar yeah like, that doesn't see that's like the second episode of the series is and like dennis puts on this whole like gay like persona, persona. yeah it's just like, just do they magnetize the math? Is that what happens? I've never no, they, like, basically, Dennis, you know, Dennis is, like, this, you know, this young, lean, slender dude, and he's, like, he puts, point, yes. yeah, he puts on, like, he puts on the persona, and he's, like, I could be, he's, like, I could be gay for this much money, but, like, but I'm not gay. And then he's, like, he, the, the whole episode is him, like, you know, being a bartender, you know, bartender, like, he is. The boys are out tonight. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing, like, he's doing all this stuff, and it's, like, eventually, it's just kind of, like, the, I, I guess, for, like, once in a while, their conviction gets to them, and they stop because they feel guilty. Yeah. Like, cause there's just, just like several episodes like that. Like I said, I think it's either the episode before, like a couple episodes before or like after the Mac finds his pride episode is the gang texts and they like they're yeah. calling like Mac slurs. Yeah, like like it, it's very clearly like nothing has changed. Yeah, like they're they're still going to abuse the crap out of each other, and it's it's okay. Like they're like they're still gonna like emotionally abuse each other for yeah. Uh, you know, existing because they like, like I said, it's n- like it's never because like D's a woman or Max gay. It's just like we're gonna use every part of you, or like the fact that Charlie can't read. Yeah, well, he can read Gaelic. Oh yeah, he can read Gaelic, which also, is like one of the hardest languages to learn. As somebody who has tried to learn it, it's very similar in syntax and in uh ver- like verbiage to Hebrew, which I also had trouble learning. But like, oh. I know Hebrew and I don't. I tried learning. Duolingo. I did baby. not. I didn't. I do not know it. I tried to learn it, and they have very no, similar. It's, they it's have very, very, very like similar guttural, syntax. It's very yeah. like guttural, like. Language. And they and they have a lot of the same like they have a lot of the same uh, syllabic constructs for also, their words. I have to finish watching because I never finished watching this. Like it was a shorter season, and that was the season they went to Ireland. Yeah, we never Which also watching. that's where Dennis catches COVID because he refuses to get the vaccination. Yeah, yeah we finished watching it. And, Wait, and also, because I watched the clip of Charlie, like, because I, I know, like, Charlie finds his dad in Ireland, and that's how he, like, learn he understands Gaelic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's this whole really emotional scene with Charlie in the rain. You didn't tell me about that, and when I saw that, I was like... I showed you the edit I found yeah, on TikTok. Yeah, that hurt. Like, I was just like, wow, like, I felt a little gutted for the rest of the day after that, like... Well, I felt gutted after watching Mac Finds His Pride, which... We uh, should... We'll go on a break and then we'll talk about. Okay, it. yeah, I, I gave like Just a good a, setup yeah. of like this, but then we'll go into like actually analyzing the episode. So we will be right, right back. back, and we are back. Welcome back to Phantom Fair. We're talking about Matt finds his pride, the saddest episode in Always Sunny. All right, so let's actually start about like talking about the episode. Yes. Okay, so the the video essay I watched said that the episode was not funny. When I think the opening of the episode is like oh, actually the only like so funny good. part. Yeah. So Mac is sitting there very sad, or like uh, I I rather say like kind of a what's the word for like kind of 
like thinking pondering pondering he's like very he's like in this very ponderous kind of state just with his arms crossed and just like looking kind of upset yeah. when frank bangs on the door says mac, mac we got you got to go you got to go man I, we need you he goes i'm going to break down the door opens the door and then it hits him and it comes it, back it, like, it opens too hard so it hits the wall and comes back and hits him in the nose and it, so he, yeah. he breaks his nose so, he has just not go to the hospital to get it fixed just just for context he has a broken nose the entire episode and yeah. so he says to mac he goes we need you you you're our you're not our token do you say do you say token gay or I, he might have said or token no gay. he said you're our you're our gifted gay of the sword it's just like you we're, are the gay guy um you we're doing we're like, doing a pride parade float we want you to dance on it so we could get the gays to come to, to patty's yeah. and matt goes i'm i don't know right now i'm kind of struggling with my whole identity thing and the funniest line that had me cracking is frank going are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> He's like, now, he goes, the, he's like, the rest of them send me on this one quest to get you, and you're pondering your sexuality now. now. And he basically, <sighs> he says, he goes, I don't understand you. I didn't understand you before, and now that you're, the, he's like, now with the whole gay thing, I understand you even less. And then Mac's like, I don't want to dance, like, I like Mac because he's never funny in this episode. Mac is like, so I wouldn't even say, ho- I wouldn't say hostile. He's just like, very, like, kind of upset this yeah. entire episode. He's like, and he's like very forceful. Like it, when he's like talking to like Frank, he's like, "I don't want to go on the float." He's like, "I'm struggling with myself right now." And it's not in this joking manner too. Like he's very serious about it, which I really appreciated. He was like, "I don't want to go on the float." He's like, "I'm really struggling with myself right now." And then, so he he's doing his thing. Yeah. Um, and he's like upset, and Frank's like, "Fine." He's like, "I'll help you find." He, he's like, "We're gonna help you find your pride." So first they go to like this leather, this like yeah, they went to like a leather king. Club, essentially, uh, which when they talked about, like, oh, the buffet's way better than, like, the straight ones. And I'm like, oh, the episode where he and Dennis go to the the adult party. party. Yeah, I don't Uh, know if I could say the word. No, I don't think we can say the word. I mean, the word typically means social function, but the connotation is probably not appropriate for the radio. Yeah, so, like, they go to, like, an adult, like, they go to this, like, this leather king club, and Max, like, what are we doing here? He's like, this is your people's place. And he goes, yeah, I guess some people in the community, but not everyone is into king, like, which which me. I appreciate, because yeah. I feel like, like a lot of... Yeah. Not, not me. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about, like, gay men are, like, really, like, stereotyped into, like, oh, like, they're, like, you know, king clubs and, like, leather daddies and yeah. whatever. And Max, like, yeah, I guess some people are into this, but not everyone. And so, basically, they get kicked out because Frank is, like, putting chicken Frank? wings in his nose. No, Frank? Tissues and, and put it, it in the chicken wings, and then he took and then he ate the chicken wings, and then he put the the napkins back in nose. And yeah. so they, they they get kicked out of the leather club. And so then Frank they go to a drag show, a drag brunch. <laughs> yeah, a drag brunch. And I appreciate I appreciate that this whole episode. It's like Frank is like Trying. Frank like every element is working against Frank's comedy in the episode. Yeah, and it's like it really sets the tone that like. Frank does not get it, but it's not like he doesn't get it in a way that's tone deaf. He get he doesn't get it in a way that's Frank, that's in character. Yeah, like, Frank is very much this womanizer, like, 
you know, I, I it's clear like Frank is one of those guys who's never had like a gay thought. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, he he's very much like he he's one of those guys that's like you you know when people say like you know the okay boomer meme that's that's Frank he's like he's so out of touch it's not even it's like it's not even funny but then it like, wraps I, I, around but to like, being funny. I, like I said like I don't even think like Frank is like homophobic it's he's kind of like one of those guys like I don't have a problem with gay people as long as they don't hate on me yeah kind he, of thing he, he's just like he's he's Frank is really the only apt way to describe it it's like he's just he's in his own world half the time and the other time he's like trying to make more like trying to 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 make the rest of the world his also like he he's just he's always in his head but like it's like he's never like I don't get it on a homophobic sense it's like I don't get it cuz I've never kind of experienced this thing right. and it and it's frustrating me because you're not going along with the scheme. It's not for, like... Get in line, Mac. He, Yeah, like, he just wants Mac to do the scheme so they can, like, he could just be over with this. Because, yeah. like, it's annoying him that he has to participate. So, <laughs> while they're still in the drag brunch, like, Mac starts to explain his sexuality to um, Frank in a way that I feel like a lot of people... Where people sort of get like where, where it's a very abstract concept. Like I, I I love the description. He goes, he's like, there's a storm, and then there's this really hot woman. It's she's also God. she's God. Yeah. And we're dancing, and it's like this very like, um, intense like like a uh, sort of yeah like like uh like, like abrasive dance. He's like trying to like negotiate with God about his sexuality because he it's his Catholicism Catholic guilt and being gay that because like, I, I think like I think that's like, a lot of people like I'm not I was not raised Catholic I was not raised like I was raised Christian but I was not raised super Christian I was raised Catholic I experienced the Catholic guilt I understand him yeah like I, I think but that's why like a lot of like gay people like were raised because Catholicism is very big in America yeah. so I feel like a lot of gay people were raised Catholic like Sean who's not here was raised Catholic and so like a lot of like gay people experience the like, Catholic guilt which I uh, appreciate this um like representation within it and so Frank's like, he's like, well, what's holding, what seems to be holding you back is like not holding it from yourself, but like holding it back from like your dad because he brings it up. He like, Mac brings up his dad and that he hasn't told him yeah. yet. Yeah. So they go to the, they go to prison. They go to the prison to go visit his dad. They do the whole glass between phone talk thing. And he go, and he's like, dad, I have to tell you something. And, um, Luther is immediately like, oh, you got a girl pregnant now. And he's been like, it's a grandson. Someone could hold, like, carry my name. And he's like, well, I can carry your name. He's like, no, you're not worthy of it. And, like, not that, like, a homophobic sense. It's just, like, I don't think he's ever been proud of Mac. And Mac, like, that has always been a big part of Mac's character this entire series. Anytime Luther has been in an episode, or sometimes not even, like, it, Luther's, like, presence has always been a lingering effect over Mac, where a lot of episode like, a decent chunk of episodes is Mac trying to live up to what he wants. Like, yeah. He's trying to always overcompensate for a standard that he shouldn't have to try to get to. Because, yeah. like, especially all the episodes, like, especially earlier episodes where Luther is in, and, like, one time, like, they want, like, basically Charlie and Mac become drug mules right. for Luther. Yeah. And they mess it up, and then that's what leads into the episode where they think Luther's gonna go, he's getting out of prison. Yeah, yeah. And they fake their deaths. That's the episode where they uh, they drive the car. That's a uh, Charlie and Mac, like Charlie and Mac with the, died with the rocket launcher, right? No, no, no. That's when they're um, that's a grenade, actually. The grenade. Yeah, the Sorry. grenade when they, when they when Mac drives the car into the, in, wall. Into the wall, which also is another. I'm just thinking about it. Just now. It's very interesting. Remember when Mac's very obsessed with the wedding dress? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a little symbolic. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little symbolic of like Mac wanting to embrace like this different side of his sexuality yeah. with this wedding dress. And I find it interesting because it's an episode about Mac trying to gain a, like, 
not even this isn't him gaming gaining approval from his father this is him running away from his dad yeah and i find that interesting that like he's very obsessed with this wedding dress and charlie's like dude it's a little weird that you want this wedding dress they eventually get it from like you know this thrift store or it was a pawn shop i think yeah Yeah. i think it was a pawn uh, a pawn shop and then he's wearing the dress and then after charlie's like all right dude just take off the dress it's a little weird and so he takes off the wedding dress and that's like the end of that bit but i think it's interesting I don't know. Maybe I'm looking a little into it. Specific bit. Why involves the wedding dress? Yeah, it just feels a little specific. Part it has because it does like that. That is sort of its thing. Like it is like representative of his otherness. You know. Yeah, like because like Charlie's like weirded out that he wants this wedding dress. It's an episode about Luther. Well, the thing about that Mac looks good in it. So Matt, that's what that's what Twink Mac. That was a Twink Mac episode. But, like, I find that very interesting that it's a, it is an episode about Luther and yeah. Mac is very obsessed with this wedding dress for, like, right. it, it's a, and it's only, like, a five, not even, like, ten minute bit with the dress no. because they get the dress and they go to, sh- they, they, they buy a gun at the pawn shop to go shoot the car to make it look like the car exploded because yeah. they ran it into a wall and it didn't blow up. Mac just got really hurt. They don't understand things, but we do that. But, like, he... I don't know. Even with like, this is like maybe me looking a little too deep into. It. I don't know, but this is what the show is about is the fact that Mac is the one who shoots the gun, which is yeah. a very like manly thing. But he's yeah. also wearing a wedding dress. Yeah, and he's very like he insist like when they're in the pawn shop, he's insisting on getting this wedding dress. Like he keeps looking at it, and for me, that feels like a metaphor for like Mac wanting to accept his sexuality because a lot of the season, like like a lot of the series up until that point, because it's a fairly early season. I want to say that's like somewhere between four and six. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere between seasons four and six, where Mac has been shown as like a womanizer, like him yeah. and um, him and Charlie do the whole thing where they have Frank's money and they buy like you know the the prostitutes, the limo, the yeah. limo, and like everything else is like Mac has been like dating women and he's another womanizer, kind of like Dennis. Yeah. Because like I feel like a lot of his like sexuality was influenced by Dennis, who was a big womanizer. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like I Charlie isn't really a womanizer; he's just really obsessed with the waitress and like a, heavily abusive towards her. As in stalkery. Yeah, stalkery and, like, blackmail <laughs> and stuff like that. But, yeah. like, I feel like a lot of Mac's sexuality was influenced by Dennis because they are the closest. Like, yeah. out of the gang, like, those two, like, clearly have, like, the best friendship. That is who he saw had the most luck with women, so he went, I'm gonna copy them. Like, he copies Dennis, but then, like, when he's with Charlie, like, that's when he gets the wedding dress. Yeah. So, anyway, back to Mac finds his pride. So, they go to, him and Frank go to the prison. They're talking to Luther. Luther thinks that... Uh, Mac knocked a woman up, and then he's gonna have a grandson, and he could be like the true heir to like the the MacDonald name. Yeah, yeah. So like Luther's all up, and I was like, oh, this is great. So he just hangs up and he goes to jail. Yeah, and like, and so because he because when Mac says to Frank, he goes, I want to come out to my dad in my own terms, yeah. and. You know, it's and Mac and Frank's like, no, you just have to like rip off the bandaid and just tell him. And Mac can't do that. Like he's like, yeah, I'm gonna ma-, and he's like, I'm gonna make you proud, Dad. Like he's saying that through the glasses. Luther's walking away. Yeah. And so, they, it, Den, uh, sorry, Frank does like this whole little bit with the gang where it kind of like shines light on rainbow capitalism and how like the gang is just doing this overtop thing just to bring gay people into the yeah. bars to make money. Yeah. Um, and then this whole bit with cricket, but that's not really important. Yeah, it's the pride club. Yeah, it, 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 it's a little funny bit, like, nodding to rainbow capitalism, but it's not really important to, like, the, the meat of this episode. No, absolutely not. It's just a check that and check in with everyone else. We don't even see Dennis in yeah, Den- No, we, yeah. get, we, we get mention of Dennis because he was going to drive the float, but he said he's too claustrophobic. Yeah, we don't even see him. 
Yeah, we, we don't we we only see Charlie. Uh, we see Charlie and Dee for probably about like not even like ten minutes, no. and and that's just for that one bit. Because they so they go to do cricket and they're like cricket's gonna like ruin it because like he's ringworm and he like looks like a crackhead. Yeah, pretty much. And so like Frank goes to float. He when he's about to drive the float, he realizes nah 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 nah, I gotta go do this. And he goes back to Max's apartment where he sees a woman exit. Um, and and, and Max sweaty. In, Max sweaty, putting a shirt back on. And so he's like, and I, I was also tricked by this, by the way. And Frank goes, "Are you kidding me?" And he's like, "You're going back into the closet. You're messing up the scheme." And come on, man. Like, and he's like, "You're going back into the closet because you can't accept yourself." And like, it's kind of like heartbreaking. I feel like a lot of like gay people experience this, yeah. and the fact like when they try to like go back in the closet sometimes because of like shame they're shamed for going back in the closet too um even by like other queer people and so max like he he basically says no i'm doing this on my own terms he's like i have to tell my dad the way i want to tell him and i that's when i think they finally go to prison that's when i believe frank helps Mac or Mac. Yeah, like... They, they're like, look at Blake Shelton concert. Blake Shelton's not gonna be there. Yeah, so like they... And it's just to get Luther into the room. Yeah, it goes... So they have like all the prison inmates sit yeah. in this like very gray auditorium. Oh, yeah. And so they go, yeah, the performer we hired isn't coming. Yeah, Blake Shelton's not coming. Blake Shelton's not coming, but... Because uh, Mac's on stage and he goes, Dad, I have to tell you something. I'm gay. And oh my god. Cut to black. The cinematography, which also I love that. I, I love the cut to black and it, stay, it stays for a few seconds. Yeah. Because now you, it, this is a very, like, this is a very serious episode and it makes you sit with Ma- with Max's confession to his dad. Which I feel like a lot of, once again, a lot of gay people go this because there's always that beat of, like, when you come out, a lot of people when they come out, there's this beat of silence waiting for either the rejection or the acceptance from. Because it's just, it's this pitch black, uh, pitch black screen for I want to say, like, two to five seconds. A good while. That it feels a good while in, like, just TV terms. Because it, it, it makes you sit. Yeah. And then... Ne- never have I seen cinematography in Always Sunny like this. We've had the shaky camera. We've had, like, you no, know, the fall. We had the continuous shot with Charlie Work. This is unlike any other cinematography in Always Sunny. This is... And it's... I can't say the word to okay. emphasize it. It's gorgeous. Oh, it's so good. It is Mac on a stage. Not even a stage. It's just black. Oh, yeah, no. It just looks like a black soundstage. And with the single light on Mac. Yeah. And then the woman who who, who was supposed to be God and was the woman who left Mac's apartment yeah. earlier comes in and I like I want to like talk about this dance for a yeah. while. The dance is this very push and pull of Mac fighting his relationship with his religion and fighting his sexuality because he's constantly pushing away and embracing god oh yeah they're pushing at each other and like it's uh, the the woman who's supposed to be god is like constantly embracing him and it's beautiful because there's water falling and that's the storm like oh my god like i cannot get over how beautiful the cinematography in the scene i literally just sat there and What's the song that they play? It's this oh, beautiful God. orchestral so piece. Well, um, look it up. Yeah, it's just yeah. sort of this moment. Because the cinematography is very much like you are watching the recording of a performance where they are taking the time to show you all of it in a way that you can absorb all of it at the same time. There's just 
it's it keeps to a very uh neutral color but there's like no color really yeah like it is like it's kind of like a sepia color yeah i guess oh my god i don't I care just about because i wasn't i hate to say i wasn't really paying attention while we were watching it to the point that you were paying attention to uh it, what so is you remember it more than i do what is the song from that uh it's like Vado. it's um it, it's this entire like string like kind of like string piano piece and i think it's like violin oh like i literally started crying oh, yeah, watching it, this sam was destroyed it, it like it doesn't feel like an always sunny episode it feels like you're watching this dance perform like this genuine dance performance and i from the, the video essay I, that started my whole thing with this was that early in the season they reference like matt getting like buffer which yeah. is like him training to do because this is a season finale of season 13 yeah also the um the piece is called Varu by Sigur Rós. Yeah, like, it's so beautiful. And it's, like... It is. Like, it's Mac doing this push and pull. And it's a lot of... The first... It, it's separated into two acts, this this dance. And it's a lot of Mac pushing away God. Yeah. And then we cut to Luther standing up and leaving. And Frank looks horrified. Oh, yeah. Like, Frank looks to Luther leaving and then looks back to the stage and it goes back... Frank is just devastated. No, but, sorry. No, uh, Mac, 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 Mac starts Mac because it's it's it like the first act ends with uh, Mac kind of sliding away from God and God is laying on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And Mac's sitting there like with kind of like with his legs crossed. And after Luther leaves, Mac starts crying. Yeah. And then the his dance partner gets back up and starts to continue the dance. Yeah. She she like encourages him to start dan- to finish the dance with him. And then the second half is a lot of like I'm gonna like start crying because like the dance this dance is so beautiful. I'm watching it right now. It is like a masterclass in sort of like this thematic. ballet. Like, yeah, like the dancing. Oh, okay. So the, this this part that I'm just watching on Joe Washington's phone, it's in the beginning part of the the dance. Is that God takes off Mac's shirt, which I believe is supposed to represent like his masculinity. Because yeah. like you know a lot of people, cover. yeah, like this cover of masculinity oh, and like <laughs> and like heterosexuality and like you know a lot of the first half of the song is Mac doing a lot of like these very masculine dance moves, like displaying his very masculine yeah. body. And it's very almost like artfully suggestive of a sort of like pseudo, you know, like like sexual pseudo sexual nature. Yeah, like because yeah. they're they're embracing and they're crawling over each other and flipping over each other and like. In, you know, once again, embracing. Like, well, I'm like literally watching this. I'm also like about to. Get, it's almost that time of the month. So I'm very emotional. Like watching this, I'm like about to cry. Like, just saying all this it's stuff. It's a beautiful dance. It's so beautiful. So after Luther leaves, you know, um, his dance partner encourages him to start dancing, and that's when a lot of the. He's like after the whole like kind of pseudo sexual. It's a lot of like Mac pushing away God. Yeah. And like fighting with God. In the second half, it's a lot of them. A lot of separation and coming together of like Mac like struggling to find this balance of his sexuality and it's so like the art the artistry of this dance is so beautiful because like the now the stage is covered in water they're sliding across the water and they're like coming back together and Mac is like intertwining with God and like the final pose is the second to final pose is Mac holding up God yes, yes. and oh my God like it's so beautiful. And holding up God and, like, but also, like, like proclaim, like, showing his body to the world, which is, like, proclaiming his sexuality, yet he's, like, still, like, a proud Christian. Yeah. 
like he like he's he's now like accepted and holding up his religion but also accepting himself because now he's like shirtless and he's exposing himself and he's laid bare and the rejection he receives from his father at one point when he does walk away is mirrored by god on stage but at the end god ultimately ultimately accepts him where his father could not yeah and so he 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 puts her but like back to like puts her back down and he collapses and he starts crying and his dance partner holds him as he's crying and she goes it's so like i'm literally literally gonna cry this this i started crying watching this i'm gonna cry talking about it when i went into this show i did not expect something so impactful like this is one of the formative pieces of like media that i've most formative i've ever consumed right next to like attack the clones because that was the first star wars movie i ever saw in theater uh not in theater my mom was friend of the stuff No, first Star Wars movie I've ever seen before oh. the original trilogies because my my dad showed it to me first because it's more kiddie. Yeah, and like he like he's sitting on stage. I'm like literally gonna cry talking. I was like he's crying in this woman's arms and she goes, "It's okay," and she keeps saying, "It's okay," and then the a light like a, a giant because it's, it's always like there's this light coming from above and it's like it's this whole dark scene with rain and then yeah. this giant light comes on and god looks up because i think it's also like god and an angel yeah. and you hear this angelic choir playing as max crying in this woman's arm and she looks up towards like the heavens yeah and then it everyone stands up and applauds i'm like literally gonna cry like the the prison the hardened prisoners who have probably committed the same, worse, some better crimes than Luther could accept him. But and they all stand, and, they all stand and clap, and Frank stands and claps, and it goes, "I get it." And that's like yeah. a meme is like is, yeah. is like Danny DeVito going, "I." That's Frank. That's it. That yeah. is the last frame of season thirteen. It's Frank's face plugged up with garbage, crying, going, "I, I get it now." Like it's so. It's funny though. It's funny, but it's so beautiful because yeah. it shows that even if Frank Reynolds can understand and accept Max sexuality, Frank, mildly homophobic Reynolds. <laughs> Frank, Frank, who like, who you know doesn't he he doesn't think highly of anybody but himself can can for a moment put himself in someone else's shoes like like, it, it, like it's I, deep. I think it's so beautiful because I know it's like a joke and everyone's doing this whole meme of like I get it, <laughs> but yeah. like. It's the zoom up of Frank crying, and we've, oh, yeah. we've never seen Frank cry. No. Frank crying over Max's gorgeous, beautiful dance performance. We, we've only ever seen him cry in a comedic setting, which was like, you know, ah, you no, want to me. me. Like, yeah. we've never seen this for, like, but him to have, like, genuine tears. And to, if, like I said, if Frank can empathize and understand Max's sexuality, which, like, this whole dance was Mac laying himself bare. And halfway through that, him being rejected by his father. Because, like I said, Frank looks horrified that Luther has just stood up and walked away. Oh, yeah. Which is obviously Luther rejecting Mac. And, like, whether they want to or not, Frank has become a father figure to the rest of the gang. All of them, yeah. yeah. So if the father figure of the gang, like, I'm really gonna cry, <laughs> if the father figure of the gang can accept Mac... Like that speaks word volumes. volumes to Frank's character, and it's just so like everything about this dance performance. It's like a five minute oh, yeah. dance, perf- like this five minute ballet. Yeah, and it's so impactful and gorgeous. I think ev- like whether or not you've watched Always Sunny, I think everyone should watch this. Like I highly recommend everyone watch this episode, whether you're queer or not. 
it's just so impactful to the gay experience. I think it like genuinely is one of the best episodes of the show. Like I'm talking about comedic or not, it is one of the best episodes in my opinion. And you know I have like I have an eye for esoteric art. You know, yeah. I'm not really I don't have the most conventional uh taste in 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 art and aesthetics and stuff like, like that. that. That episode ended and I'm just sitting on the couch like what do I do after this? Yeah, it's 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 it was life changing the first time I saw the episode. It was like it wasn't like it but it wasn't like a, a life changing experience like when I you know, when I discovered the dark side of the internet. No, it was life changing like wow, you know, like that really contextualizes my experience too, because like, you know Like I, I if love you, if if yeah. you can convey yourself and your feelings to people Without words like that, it's like the human connection, the human experience is so vast and diverse, and it's like, now I get a little bit more. Because I love it, because, like, a lot of queer people who watch it just, like, you know, they see themselves in Mac, and they see themselves in this performance of, like, this push and pull with just, like, you know, people, like, you know, there's some queer people who aren't religious, more more with religion, like, but even the push and pull of your own sexuality and accepting that, and especially if you grew up with religion and understanding this religious experience... It's like th- that is what this episode is. It is a truly religious experience. And we're talking about a show where they run a bar and you have the same thing of Manchita and the Green Man and yeah. Frog Man. The trash Man. The Trash yeah. Man. Like, this is the same show. And that's what I think makes this episode so impactful. Because it's not like any other. Like, we're never going to get an episode like this about Sunny again. No. And I don't want to. No. I don't need that. This one episode of just pure... Like, there's been some more serious episodes. There's been more, like, heartfelt episodes, like the ending of, um, like, D... Like, no, D gives birth. Yeah. When they're, when they're all, like, discussing about, um, you know, trying to find who the father is of this baby and, yeah. you know, who's going to raise... And they, they come... They decide, like, no, we're going to come and ra- together and raise this baby. I teared up. I love that. That's yeah. just, I love the soft moments that we get with the gang. But that's not who they are. Like, yeah. like I said, as the seasons continue, they've gotten a little softer, like the gang text, and they're all having like that little meerkat moment together. Yeah, because they like they're getting up there in age, but it's not like uh, you know, oh, they're going soft thing. It's like, oh, they're no longer like you know, they're no longer so they're like they're more they're more aware of their sort of being you know being bad people. But they're I, sort of but it's such an, it's an it's an organic thing. It's yeah. not like it's coming out of nowhere. It's like. That's what happens when you age is you become a little more aware of yourself and yeah. you're not doing as stupid things. Like, they're still doing stupid things for, like, 40-year-olds and, like, you know, Frank, like, Frank who's supposed to be, like, you know... Six, Incredibly immature. Like, 60. Like, they're still doing yeah. immature things because that's who the gang is at their core. Yeah. But it's becoming a little bit more mature, too. But Mac Frantz's pride is something I never thought I would have experienced ever, let alone in a show like this. And like I said, I don't want another Mac Frantz's pride. I don't need one. No. For just this one, like, and I think it's so impactful because this is the last episode of season. This is the season finale of season thirteen. So after that, you have to sit there of just like you know, Frank goes, "I get it," and you're just sitting there and you're like, "Wow!" Yeah. Like, I like I said, I was just gut. I had to go to class later that night. And I'm still thinking about <laughs> Mac finds his pride. I'm sitting on the bus like watching Mac finds his pride TikToks because it's just emotionally destroyed me. Yeah, and I'm like, how? What am I supposed to do with my life after Mac finds his pride? I don't know if yeah. Because, like, right before they go to the prison, like, Frank goes, we have to find your pride. And he goes, what? He's like, oh, I should just dance on the float. He goes, forget the float. We're not doing the float. That's stupid. He's like, you have to you have to come out to your dad the way you want to. Yeah. 
and I'm going to help you do that, which I think is very speaking on Frank's character of him just helping Mac yeah. get that out of him. Like Frank has this sort of compassion that, you know, he doesn't really show a lot. Yeah. Because, like, you know, in the beginning, he's like, no, Mac, you just have to rip off the Band-Aid. And that's when they go to lose yeah. it the first time. But the second, like, after the whole float thing, he, like, he's like, Mac, we have to go do your dance. And he's like, what? Dan-? He's like, yeah, okay, I'll just dance on top of the float, whatever. He's like, no, 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 forget the float. Yeah. Do your do your dance for your dad. Like, show him, like, what yeah. you're feeling. Like I said, I don't want an episode. Like, I don't need the gang to, like, grow, like, grow this much as people. Yeah, no. Just this one bit of human connection and empathy spoke volumes without even speaking words and i love this episode i kind of want to go back and rewatch it when i go home because i i wasn't bawling i want to pay attention this time i literally was just sitting there <laughs> just silently crying like this was not like a uh, kind of cry was like a- this was just like tears slipping down my face and like that was the most beautiful thing i've saw and it's an always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> This was a show that I wa- I got introduced to way too young by my my father and like you know a uh, haha funny adult TV show now 10 years later I'm sitting here watching it in my apartment on campus crying because Mac just did the most gorgeous dance about his sexuality and relationship with religion ever and that has changed my life I don't have any more thoughts on this. I'm just going to start repeating myself. Yeah, you know, that is a good place to start. Stop then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, like, I, I feel like if I say anything else, I'm just going to ruin what I've said, but yeah. yeah. Um, so you have been listening to Fandom Fair. Um, thank you so much for joining us today with my out first hour of rambling and this <laughs> Sorry, actual, I con- yeah. actual content. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you want to find us on uh, any sort of social audio, media, social do, do, media. do your social media because I do the, yeah. I yeah, do yeah, the yeah. social media. We are on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Our TikTok and Twitter are F-A-N-D-O-M-F-A-R-E. Our Instagram is F-A-N-D-O-M underscore F-A-R-E. Uh, I, I am actually posting when our um, episodes go live on Saturdays at noon on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Um, yeah, so you find a backlog if you miss this episode or if you want to listen to anything else. Our backlog is on Spotify and Google Podcasts at F-A-N-D-O-M-F-A-R-E. Thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, kind of like a little, like I, a little bit of a heavy episode talking yeah. about this. But I like, Mac Finds Friday is a heavy episode. So thank you for listening. Um, brush your teeth. Clean your sheets. Uh, take a shower. Fresh, you little stinky. Drink water. Drink water. Touch some grass. It's kind of nice out today. It is. Um, so if you if you want, go take a walk. Yeah. We love you and have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye. It is. Um, so if you if you want, go take a walk. Yeah. We love you and have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye.